I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and with me tonight uh, making her first appearance as a co-host but not her first appearance on the show you may remember her from our halloween episode as the loki loving call in miss Kristen vadich hello Hello. So this episode, we've got a ton of Weekend Geek to talk about, but we also are going to end the episode on a a fairly serious discussion in regards to a horrible incident that happened this week, um, which is the Slender Man murder and its effects and on the the horror world and, and being a geek parent in general, because immediately as I knew would happen after this incident occurred, um, there was a backlash in its beginning um, on horror-loving parents and kids that are introduced to horror and and things like that. And they're immediately taking um, the words goth, you know, people that have skulls, that like skull designs, that like horror films in general and horror fiction, um, and are immediately making them, the, the they're demonizing them immediately. And... I really have a problem with that. And Kristen is a parent, uh, has a great insight in this as well as a geek parent and um, with kids that are of, of around the same age as these girls. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a great discussion. I'm really excited to have her on to talk about this. But, but yes, thank you, Kristen, for joining us. Thank you for having me. So before we get into that deep, dark hole that we'll know... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to be honest. It's not going to be. It's not going to be a happy discussion. It's going to be interesting. Um, but let's talk about the week in geek. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in regards to casting and movies and TV and head splatting and uh, yeah. So first off, in the world of Marvel, big news came out, which was Josh Brolin is going to be the voice, quote unquote, of Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy. I like this plan. I like this plan. <laughs> He's got the face for Thanos, too, not just the voice. He really does. Uh, yeah, I hope that's where it's going to lead, because um, we know that Thanos is going to definitely uh, cross over into, like, Avengers Age of Ultron, too. Um, but, yeah, and we kind of knew that Guardians of the Galaxy was going to have a bit of Thanos to it because of the Infinity Gauntlet that's being put together. But, I'm excited. I I really like Josh Brolin. I did too. And this wouldn't be his first time in in a comic book role. We already know that he's in the upcoming Sin City, A Dame to Kill for. 
so excited. We're 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 geeking here. We're we're <laughs> leafily. <laughs> um, but yeah, Josh Josh Brolin is is beautiful and made for comics with that noirish look he's got. So. <laughs> Sorry. I, oh, Jonah Hex. Let's. I, I as much as I want to forget about Jonah Hex, he did Jonah Hex too. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Sorry, I had to say it. I'm. Yeah. I'm sorry, I reminded everyone that that movie exists. Um, but the other bit of possible casting news, which probably made some people vomit and others kind of want to cry, depending upon what. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I think he's a good actor. I don't think he's a fit for this. The crazy rumor of the week was Rob Pattinson is on the short list as a possibility as of Indiana Jones. Right. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're saying that Disney, I think it is, because they own that franchise now is wanting to, to do a new Indiana Jones franchise and they're talking about having Pattinson on it now this is from the Daily Star which is a UK tabloid now keep that in mind I, not that I wouldn't think this is, is out of the realm of possibilities when you've got like guys like Shia LaBeouf beef, the beef was cast as his son and almost took it on can we pretend that movie didn't actually happen for a while? We just, I think a lot of people would like to. Uh, personally, I think Nathan Fillion might be a good fit for that role. For me, I think it depends on how they want to go with it. Yeah, uh, because if they because if they if they were even batting around the name Patterson. Were they thinking of going with the younger Indiana Jones? Well, I think that might be what they're wanting to do anyway. That way they can have like a, a, a string of films where you won't have to worry about the the actor running out of steam or, or anything like that. Like they, you know, Harrison Ford, I, God love him. He's still got it, but he can't do this stuff anymore. <laughs> it's just not feasible. No. <laughs> but, um... I think here's the thing if you've seen the commercial they add for the rover and have you if you see that that ta- the the trailer for that movie I didn't even recognize Pattinson in that for the first couple of seconds because he looks so different and it's because he's an actually good actor I just don't think he's a fit for indie No I would I would agree with that because everybody pictures young Harrison Ford or River Phoenix yeah yeah exactly and or 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 Sean Patrick Flannery you know what get Sean Patrick Flannery to come back and do it I would be okay with that because God (laughs) the guy is built he's a sweetheart and he is he played the character he looks like an older indie now because he's older than he was when he did young Indiana Jones yeah get Flannery to do it I don't understand why that's not a possibility I, who knows with Disney really? Yeah, yeah there. Uh, that's part of the thing. I'm. I'm. We'll. We'll get to that later. We've got other. <laughs> we, we got more of that. Um. But yeah. So I. I don't know how much credibility that has. So you just keep. Keep that in mind. But uh. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of 
people the ire raised upon them and they were like the only thing that can sparkle in indiana jones is the ark of the covenant (laughs) i can hear that being said so you know there you go um more casting news from disney now but in the realm of star wars and this is something i i really wanted Kristen to talk about as well because we are all about girl power on Fangirl Radio and Fangirl Magazine. We are all about that. I do have a problem, though, when when people decide to have massive amounts of ire and anger and righteous indignation for no reason. Or jump the gun and, and get on there and just start bashing things without any credibility or reason for the bashing. Mm-hmm. You know, I like having precedent. Now, I, yes. I, you know, like, for example, yeah, I've been trashing a little bit on Batman and Superman, maybe more than a little bit, but I have a little bit of precedent for that. Oh, yes. And, but this didn't have any precedent. So what I'm talking about is back, of, I think it was maybe three, four weeks ago, the first cast read-through photograph came out of the new Star Wars film and you got to see all the classic actors there and you got to see some of the new actors in the in the franchise there too uh the immediate reaction by a good 75 percent of of the uh internet was we don't have enough freaking women oh where's the women it's still bad there's not enough women no women well they'd added the main character who I believe is going to end up being the daughter of Han Solo and Princess Leia is a is a female because she's a daughter makes sense um, but that is going to be possibly their lead character their main character is a woman uh, Carrie Fisher is back she's a woman now this was all it was was like the, the main main cast read through first time these people had been together immediate fan reaction and immediate reaction to by a lot of sites was there's not enough women Star Wars is sexist blah 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 Lo and behold, lo and behold, June 2nd, this week, they have cast two amazing women in roles in this movie. Major players. One of which just won an Oscar. Uh, Lapita Nyong'o and Gwendolyn Christie, who you know as Brienne of, of Game of Thrones land over there, the tall, badass female knight of the realm, and Lupita Nyong'o, who is voted most beautiful woman, beautiful human being ever, and just charmed the hell out of everybody from the Oscars and from 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to have women in your movie, I think they did pretty good, don't you? I am so excited to see this. Now, <laughs> I say that <laughs> knowing how badly George Lucas hurt my feelings but he has nothing to do with this i know i know that's the best part and and jj abrams has a pretty good track record with good strong female roles yeah and and the other part of this and i'm just going to kind of uh kind of sweep into here and let this uh the other part of this is the star wars onset stuff that has been leaking out to give you an idea of how a far away and removed this is from the phantom menace horror uh, that we had to f- go through. They have 
a time. <laughs> Poor Kristen has been traumatized. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, the the they have leaked photos from the set, and there are practical effects, beautiful creatures that they're showing pictures of that are real and tactile, and you can touch them because they're not CG. The pictures looked amazing. And the cool one that made everybody jizz in their pants mm-hmm. was the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon. And what's even better about this is just just like I believe today as of this recording, this this happened. J.J. Abrams tweeted a picture from the set of a of a of a of a document he's he wrote on I wish people would stop leaking photos from episode 7 and making ridiculous claims that the Millennium Falcon is in the movie JJ and the best part is what this was on he ha- and he did this on purpose this is how evil JJ Abrams is and amazing and why I love him and want to give him hugs the 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 placard the thing that he signed the sign itself is setting on the dark table that was is from the Millennium Falcon yeah, I saw that. I loved it. <laughs> loved it. He is the freaking win. That is that is awesome. So that is what's going on with Star Wars right now. And that is why everyone that is so terrified that they're going to jack this up or that they hate women or they don't know what they're doing. I, You know, seriously, you need to calm the F down. Yep. But don't you because whenever people do that kind of crap that immediate reaction because I can't even tell you how many posts and sites I saw doing that whole why, where are the women in, in the Star Wars movie you, you know you forget that Mon Mothma was a chick she was the leader yeah. of freaking rebellion people and she is you know that was a woman you know you have Princess Leia you have Padme Amidala you've I, I, I just and not only that but you have even though they're kind of disavowing Mara Jade Asajj Ventress uh, I don't understand I don't understand where you don't think they're strong women in this universe and to jump the gun like that and now they're like hey by the way look who we have let 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 him work his magic and you know let wait until the trailer comes out before you get upraged outraged sorry <laughs> upraged ah, <laughs> <laughs> but um kind of kind of uh part of this too i i wanted to talk about maleficent because i i i got to see this on opening day and it is a phenomenal movie. Really, really good. Beautifully done. Yes, I'm still hurt that they cut my boy and Miranda Richardson. They cut Peter Capaldi and Miranda Richardson out of the film. They actually cut, I think, about around a half an hour. If I'm going by the original original runtime that I read about and then what they actually had, it just, make, it, it just makes me want more of the movie, how good the movie was. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I really wanted more backstory because it was such a well done and beautiful film. Just really beautifully, you know, gorgeously shot. The 3D worked. Um, and then and then Angie herself, Angelic, Angelina Jolie, I almost called her Angelica, because they're both that statuesque badass. Um, 
Angelina Jolie was amazing as Maleficent. Everybody was great. Shalto Copley had a Scottish accent, which made it okay that, okay, I don't have Capaldi, but Shalto represented the Scots. And he was a great bad guy because he's the bad guy. I do like a good bad guy. And uh, <laughs> boy, what a bad guy. So what is a f- great about Maleficent and is kind of how Disney's been going, guys that were worried about no strong women uh starting with brave disney has started doing this kind of feminist fairy tale and it followed along with frozen where you had two princesses that um basically saved each other they Mm -hmm. really need a guy didn't need a guy really it was it was the two girls saved one another. The sisters saved one another. So with Maleficent, they've continued this trend even more so. Where, uh, and, and Maleficent herself is is great. Um, I'm kind of getting into a little bit of a spoiler territory here with this. But Maleficent's image is perfect for who she is in this film. She is both the villain and the hero. And at one point she had and, and well at the beginning it's this really isn't a, a spoiler because in the trailers you see her with the wings and the horns right and uh she represents both good and evil with that the angel and the devil as women are frequently portrayed in any media <laughs> right but but we are i mean we can be you know that's we th- women have a dual nature we can be yep. very very mean and we can be very very loving and the the that's what's so great about how um this character was written and how uh i believe linda wolverton wrote i think it was linda wolverton that wrote this yes she also wrote um alice in wonderland i believe and uh she also wrote the lion king uh so yeah kind of good stuff um but what's interesting about how they portrayed her was they showed all of this and and they gave a reason a very good reason for why she did what she did and then as a woman is want to do she regrets what she did and wants to try and change it in the worst way possible and can't it's done but in the process she had to be both good and evil to uh, find herself and to save the day basically and it's this beautiful story of how this little girl in aurora helps her find her heart and she finds someone to care for and it's someone who truly loves her for her and there's no pre predisposed condition there it's just she purely loves her the unconditional love of, of a child exactly and it's just so beautifully done and uh, I, I really, really liked it. And, and what's so great is they save one another. Again, they don't need the... the uh, someone actually called this out in a review, like the prince was an afterthought in this. Prince, the, 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 the prince kind of just shows up and he's not really... Anyway. <laughs> I love that because isn't, isn't the prince usually sort of an afterthought in, in most of our fairy tales? Uh, it, it's kind of funny because he, you know, all these time, ta- all this time, everyone's like, oh, this princess needs a prince to save her. And in this case, nope, that's not what they, that she needed. And she needed a mom because she never really had a mother. And, and it was just a really beautifully done 
story and I really liked it and also I, I have to I have to say I want my I want my own little Diaval, the the crow guy, because <laughs> he, he's cute. He's so cute and sweet, and and, and he turns into a dragon. <laughs> and he's good in that black leather. Um, yes, I'm not sexist, <laughs> but uh, I have sexist. to. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. I guess that's not sexist at all. That's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Maleficent was beautifully done. So uh, if you have not yet checked this out, um, it was number one at the box office for a reason. Go go see it. And go see it in 3D because it, it is really beautiful. And, and these type of Disney films, like it's like the Alice in Wonderland. Um, it's one of those things where it's subtle 3D. But it gives depth and beautiful, just beautifully comes across like the, uh, the floating like little dust mites and things like that that are going around that just shows up so well gorgeous movie really well acted and i love the little scene with um her daughter playing little baby aurora was so cute oh i've seen i've been around enough to see little clips of that it's adorable Ah, he looks like goes up up and it's so funny because he's it, it makes it so realistic that Maleficent is really trying very hard not to act like she gives a crap about the kid and you can tell Angie is trying to stay in character while her little girl's like up up and trying not to be like mommy <laughs> it's so funny and it's well done I, I really liked it um, but on to Another Disney project. Disney owns everything. Have we have we figured that out yet? That Disney owns all the things now. Yes, Disney yes, we have. Disney <laughs> owns all. The so if you um, check on FangirlMag.com, you'll seen this this posted um, earlier this week. But um, Scott Derrickson has been chosen as the director of Doctor Strange. Now, we still don't have a Doctor Strange, but we have a director. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see who has now made the short list for this. Now, we've already reported on Johnny Depp, my, my choice, of course, because he is Doctor Strange. Um, you laugh. I, I know you. I, 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 you laugh. Johnny Depp for everything. All the things. Cast <laughs> him in all the things. Um, Mads Mikkelsen. Which... which- I kind of could get behind that. I I would love to be behind that because think of the view. Um, yeah, I went there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Hannibal. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who uh, he's a good actor, but I don't see him as Doctor Strange. No, Doctor Strange needs to be older. So and and have more weight behind him. I I love him, but I feel like you could blow him away with a strong no, breath of air. No, he needs to be able to handle that cape. Right. If he ain't wearing the cape, it ain't no movie. It, that cape is part of him. I'm sorry, I'm all about the cape. And that kind of leads into my kind of like, oh god, please, I don't really know uh-uh, of who they've added now, which is Jared Leto. Oh. He's pretty. But I can't see him as Doctor Strange. He's too thin. Or too... He's not... He's just... He's like JGL. He's... There's not... He could be blown away with a puff of wind. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm like, that, that kind of leads to my theory of if we don't get somebody like Johnny Depp, they're going to put Zac Efron in there. <laughs> and I will, I will just go cut myself and be done with it. I'll be like, no, I will bleed. Sorry. <laughs> no. no. Uh, Mads Mickelson, you cannot blow him over with a puff of wind. I'm sorry. Johnny Depp, he is now kind of filling himself out now that he's finally showing his age. A little bit. He's look. The guy is fifty years old. He looks like he's thirty-five. Yeah, I hate him a little bit for that. Yeah, it's the baby blood. <laughs> it's the baby blood. So, the other thing that actually this literally just happened. I am. Um, I think this was announced yesterday. So this is kind of an extra a news item that I added on at the last minute. Um, maybe even today. The the movie that. I kind of was like, they're trying to vomit everything they can on screen with this. When you've seen the trailer, trailer, if you haven't seen it yet, you'll know what I mean, is Jupiter Ascending. Mm. Now, this is the new one that the the uh, the, Wachow- the Wachowski siblings are doing, the the brother the brother and now sister mm-hmm. um, are doing. And it's got Channing Tatum as that pointy-eared albino I don't know what he's supposed to be hopping around like a bunny rabbit and um, Mia Kunis and and Sean Bean in probably 30 minutes of the movie and then dying uh, so as he is want to do <laughs> want to do everything so this movie was supposed to be a big summer release and I'm not kidding when I say literally in three or four weeks it was supposed to be out I believe the the release date is July 18th was what they were supposed to do for this movie. And after seeing it, I'm like, this doesn't scream summer release. It's going to be trounced by a lot of films this summer. I mean, we got a lot of good stuff coming out this this year in their summer run. Not the least of which is Guardians of the Galaxy, which I believe is going to be the first week of August. So that means this movie, if it was going to make any money... It's going to have about two weeks to do it. And then yes. everybody was going to go to Guardians of the Galaxy. So the, the Warner Brothers just did something major. They've moved it to February of next year. Now, February, if you know anything of, of film release dates, is sort of like the dumping ground. Where movies go to die. It's where movies go to die and it's where movies go that they're not too sure how they're going to do so they'll just toss them in like one of the success stories of a february release was the lego movie because it had no competition it, it 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 made bank right so i guess they're hoping that that will be what happens with this but I don't think it's uh, no, because um, I'm trying to think of what else is coming out this year um, in February. Uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, I think John. This is turning into the Johnny Depp episode. I think his new movie, um, Mordecai, which I definitely want to go see, and we've talked about it a little bit on on the show. Um, is coming out that month and there's one other thing but it really won't have like a lot of competition but right. but at the same time i can see this kind of doing a an i frankenstein and just dying quick well because even if you have no competition if you suck you suck exactly and if you're if you're a movie that's so convoluted 
uh, and your your trailer is just so filled with so much stuff that you would think Lucas had something to do with it. <laughs> and I'm sorry, their trailers, it's pretty, but there's so much crap going on. I can't tell you what's happening. And apparently the the plot to this is Mia Kunis is the, um, she's supposed to inherit the earth. She's royalty. Did you get that from that trailer? No. I'll, I, I, I couldn't tell you what I got from that trailer. And then, oh, Sean Bean, he'll probably die. If all I can picture, if all I can get from a movie is sort of an overall single visual image, then you're not telling me anything about the movie. And that's really all I took from that trailer is is a single visual image which means you've lost me yeah I, and I I can't I couldn't focus on anything other than Shannon Tatum had pointy ears yeah and see I don't even I didn't even remember that yeah that that's that's really the problem there was so much going on now they they the last movie that they did was was Cloud Atlas and that flopped and well, it was a story that was. It was. Too, I think it was too difficult for a, a lot of audiences. Right. It was a really, really deep story, and a lot of people. And and then also, I think it was sort of a limited release too. It didn't last very long. Nobody really knew what to do with it. Right. And it's sort of like only lovers left alive in that regard. Uh, fucking oh, freaking awesome! Oops. Freaking <sighs> that was I. Uh, yeah, that was a brilliant movie. Yeah, and so far, I like I said, it's one. It's my favorite movie of the year still at this point. Um, even with X Men, um, Days of Future Past being really, really good, Only Lovers Left Alive still my favorite movie of the year so far. Because it told a story. It told a story really well. It gave you everything you want from a story. It it had a fabulous soundtrack. Oh, it's the soundtrack, beautifully done, well acted, smart, did not pander, was no. a two-hour long movie, and I didn't feel it. It was unafraid to be long. And it was, because I know you saw it at the same place I did, it was a two-hour movie in crappy theater seats. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't notice. No. I did not notice. And so that is the sign of a good film. So, yeah, I... I'm guessing, and I think Jupiter Descend. I, I I've been nicknaming it Jupiter Descending at this point because it kind of is. It's not going anywhere. Um, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> there you go. You won't be getting your Wachowski movie this year. It's gonna have to wait until next year in February when no one's going to probably see it, which is sad for them. Yeah. Um, they're trying to say the reason is because they can't finish all the visual effects. And I'm like, good God, how many more do you have? <laughs> Maybe they have a special visual effect that, re- effect that gives us a plot. <laughs> keep thinking. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep reaching for that Jupiter. Uh, so uh, we do have one good news, though. We're going to spin off into TV land right now. Um, Constantine's finally got an air date. Which I'm excited about because it's October 24th, which means it's going to start around Halloween. Yay! I am really excited for that. I am too, and I hope there's a ton of stuff for it at Comic-Con. I want that, and I want iZombie to be at Comic-Con really bad. Mm, No zombies, not even the one time. (laughs) Since of the Rachel School of Zombies, I think. Um, 
with <laughs> none of them. I don't want them at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, kind of going into, uh, oh, one other thing really quickly before we get into recap and review time. Um, Hannibal, Hannibal is going to be an opera. And uh, it's going to be done, and, and you, you, you scoff at this, but I am actually really excited about it. Um, it's going to be done by the One World Symphony, and apparently the guy who did this is actually um, the same guy. He did a, a Breaking Bad one. And uh, it's interesting. It, he, did a, um, he did one that was uh, called Ozymandias, which is based around the... Um, the poem or an epic poem but also they did an ad for breaking bad with brian cranston reading that poem oh yeah 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 um but yeah so they're going to be doing a hannibal uh opera which i'd really be interested in seeing because of reasons well you know if they can turn legally blonde into a musical and they did (laughs) (laughs) and they did uh so on to one of the most horrible things I witnessed on television and I'm still sad Game of Thrones I'm not going to cry anymore my slutty my slutty prince my slutty prince so yeah the mountain of the viper happened (laughs) which we knew was going to come up for those of us who have read the books and know what happened and hoped without hope that they might change it but they didn't uh in that episode we had Sansa Stark finding herself and getting with the big finger I'm sorry little finger and uh she realized that she's gonna have to play the game and we found out that Sansa Stark can play the game really well and she lied and turned on the waterworks to save Littlefinger from being found out that he killed her Aunt Lysa last week in a fabulous way, shoving her down the moon door. And uh, we also got this great scene of the the Hound and Arya finally making it to the Eyre and Eerie, I'm sorry. And they <laughs> she... You know, Arya just had the best reaction to finding out yet another member of her family was dead. She laughed aloud crazily. Well, at a certain point, <laughs> you laugh because if you don't, you go crazy. Yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty pretty phenomenal scene. And but yeah, Sansa and Arya were great in this. I I actually it's amazing that Sansa is starting to really become one of my favorite characters because I couldn't stand her for the longest time, but then she finally got with it and realized. I'm going to have to toughen up and, and she's been a tough character I mean she's put through all the stuff that Joffrey did to her but I really she gained, garnered my respect because uh, you know she realized that Littlefinger is the o- was really the only person that's helped her this whole time and he killed Lysa for her because Lysa was going to kill her with her crazy psychotic jealousy so yeah and then she shows up and she's dressed like her mom because she knows that's what Littlefinger wants is Caitlyn and he can't ever have her so she's going to be Caitlyn for him is what they left you with in this and that's not really what happens in the books but 
this was uh, really well done. I, I really enjoyed their scenes together. I could really give a, a, a two, two rats asses about Theon Greyjoy and his lack of a dick. <laughs> I, I Every time I see him show up on now, I'm like, oh my god, now would be a good time to go get a drink. Um, so yeah, there's that. The the we we saw that um the 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 crew the the um the wildlings attacked Mole Town and Gilly made it through but uh you know the next episode we're gonna really see the wildlings take on the the black uh, the you know the the Black Brotherhood the their the fight that's going to be what's happening they actually the episode's called the Watchers on the Wall and it's really exciting for me on this because you know the second episode of the series typically of a season is the big battle scenes and stuff big things happen in the second episodes to the last um and this one's directed by neil marshall ooh, who is phenomenal he's the guy that gave us dog soldiers um so yeah i am really excited about this next episode but the big thing, of course, that happened in the Mountain and the Viper, my slutty prince, oh, <laughs> my slutty prince Oberon got cocky, pissed off, had to have his say, and thanks to that, his head got popped like a grape. And I, we knew this was going to happen. We didn't know how graphically horrible they were going to make it. But they did. They made it pretty graphically horrible. I think you could have expected it. Yeah, but didn't realize how graphically horrible it would be. They knocked his teeth out, and then they popped his head like a zit. So, yeah, but he it was a beautiful scene. I mean, like, the, the, the fight choreography and just... Um, Pablo Pascal, I believe is his name. Uh, Pablo is he train with wushu masters to get that moves those moves down and everything he just did it oh god it was so good and and they tricked you they made you think yeah yeah he's gonna make it no no on yeah he died horribly they smashed his pretty face in and uh yeah but if it follows along the books which they did with that so they damn well better make it horrible for the mountain uh he may be a little poisoned and going to rot and slowly die painfully which he deserves so even posthumously Oberyn gets his revenge but not his head well you can't have everything I know it's still sad I still have issues <laughs> but the cool thing is coming up uh, I believe at the end of this year is when it's going to be released there's a movie called Blood Sucking Bastards coming out and Mr. Pablo is going to be playing a vampire. Oh, yes. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's Pedro Pascal. I didn't keep calling him Pablo. Pedro Pascal. And he is phenomenal. And he's my age. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have one that's my age. Oh, it's so nice. Um, but yes, he is going to be... Um, I'm pretty sure playing a vampire in that movie. Yeah. Even though my friends and I all agree someone needs to get Pedro cast as a pirate. Oh, yeah. Like, immediately. We have two series around right now. Black Sails and Crossbones. There's no excuse. This man needs to be a pirate. 
now right now <laughs> just saying yes please uh so on the other cable network showtime uh penny dreadful uh is got scott renewed for a second season already and they're not even like they're four episodes into this one uh and this episode was interesting um we got a little bit more uh we got a little bit more Frankenstein and we got a little bit more of um, the relationship of Brona and her uh, Ethan. And it's interesting to me. I think I know what's going to happen with Brona, who is played by Billy Piper, doing a great Irish accent. Um, she, I think she's going to end up being the bride of Frankenstein. That is my, my I'm calling it I'm calling <laughs> right now. She's got um, consumption, so she's going to die. And at the, in this episode, she truly, truly like went hack hack crazy. And this one also gave us a little bit of insight into what Ethan might be. Um, Ethan is played by Josh Hartnett, and you know we saw that weird interaction with him and the wolves the last episode. And I think he's a werewolf. I think he's a lycanthrope. That, I believe, is going to come out. And they highly suggested that when the two of them went to the Grand Guggenheim Theater and saw the werewolf skit that played out in front of them. And his reaction to the, this. This had one of the more cringe-inducing um, scenes I've seen in a while, which was this stuff went on back in these days. This is kind of why the, I really like Penny Dreadful, because they reference things that happen in history. Mm-hmm. And, um, they showed a dog that was a uh, fighter against rats and that people would take and make bets on how many rats this dog could kill in, a, in the span of time he's in this pit and it was a really really just ill scene because you see this dog this little dog just taking on these giant rats and taking them down and tossing them and bleeding them and um, Ethan had to walk away from it and you don't know why if he was just disturbed by that or if he felt like his ire rising to like fight and gnash and I think you're going to find out Ethan is the one that attacked those people at the beginning of the series and like ripped them to shreds I think he's a wolf man I think he's the wolf man um, but the, the weird thing that happened in this episode that was at the very end it kind of flip flopped and I was kind of like well this was, this was surprising um Brona and Ethan got in a fight and she's telling him next time you you know you have sex with me you're gonna have to pay like everybody else and she was like pissed so she took off and um Dorian Gray ended up taking Ethan away with him to go like find himself uh, found himself as a different person he wanted to be a different person for a while and uh by the way Dorian and and Vanessa are great together Vanessa is played by Eva Green killing it on the show both of them are Dorian, uh, the guy that plays Dorian Gray as well just killing it um, so they went off to Dorian's house and they're drinking absinthe mm. it's going to show up in this show eventually um, by the way represent uh, Sweeney Todd yeah they had that in here too um, as gets being played and it's because um, the guy that uh, is one of the main guys that are producing the show actually and, and writing the show is uh, the guy that wrote the Sweeney Todd I think he wrote the screenplay for the Burton version um, anyway 
at the end of the episode, surprise, Ethan is making out with Dorian. And it's like, whoa, what? Random, random bisexuality is random. Ooh, how is this going to play out? So it's interesting because now Dorian's basically had sex with both he and Brona. <laughs> so it's like, wow, Ethan and Brona, there you go. Um, but I, you know what? I, this show is interesting. It, it's, even though there's a lot of sexuality in it, it's nowhere near as trashy as True Blood. Or Game of Thrones for that. <laughs> I was going to say, no, wait a minute. No, no, no. It's still not even that. Yeah, no. So, yeah, it's, this was a, I, although I have to say this episode was the weakest one of all all four so far. Um, you can't really top this, the, the end of the second episode where Frankenstein's original creature comes back and just basically rips in half his new one. And uh, the third one, which was... Um, called Resurrection was just a really cool episode that you get a lot of background on and, and seeing what happened with the creature just was phenomenal in that one too uh, so I'm uh, this show is really good it's it's really interesting and um, I talked about it last last week with my husband when he was on and I think I sold him on watching this just by telling him about how they weave these storylines together so good stuff good stuff um, the new other new series that actually just premiered uh, on Sunday on AMC is called Halt and Catch Fire, and it stars Lee Pace. He is so pretty. Yeah, that's all I need to say. I knew Kristen would understand. <laughs> um, Halt and Catch Fire is, and and the reason it's called that that is a, a old school computer program and they tell you this at the beginning of the episode uh, programming command that basically causes the computer to be irreversibly unusable it, it basically no one can take control of the computer at that point after you've um, uh, instructed the computer to do this so anyway um, it's a really cool show it's set in the early 80s and it's about um, this Lee Pace's character is named Joe McMillian and Joe is a sales guy who wants to um, create like the ultimate computer and sell it and he puts together a team he uses uh, nefarious means and, and uh, gray logic to get um, this team together and get this company behind him to help produce it and he's taking on IBM which at that time IBM was the epitome of computers. Yeah. You did not jack with IBM. They will ruin you. They they were the monster. They were Microsoft. You know. And um it's really cool. It's the the sets and everything are just great. The music's great. It's not overt like, you know, like meet the Goldbergs where they everything's like, "Look, it's so kitschy. It's the 80s." that's not how this show is it's it's just set there it's not in your face so like the most in your face thing is the fact that they go see Return of the Jedi which it was playing at the time and they don't overtly yeah. say that it's only you know you see it from the um, the posters and the signs it's a great show I really really um, strongly suggest it because Lee Pace is great in everything he's in and uh, this show, um, he's his character is sort of Don Draper-ish. A lot of people are comparing him to that. 
you don't know what his his end game is or why he's doing this. He's disappeared out of the out of pocket for a year. No one heard from him. So it's really um, a neat episode uh, to start with. It was really well done. They've got my attention, so I'm down for it. And you should check it out. It's um, on Sunday nights on AMC. So Sunday nights now are pretty awesome for TV viewing. Got to yeah. I got to say, Game of Thrones, Penny Dreadful, um, Halt and Catch Fire. Um, even though Once Upon a Time and Walking Dead are gone right now, Sundays are pretty freaking sweet. So, yay. Um, and with that, I think it's time to get to our sort of downer, very downer <laughs> discussion, but needs to be spoken about. So, um, just some background on this. If, if for whatever reason, if somehow you've not heard about what happened. Uh, there were two 12-year-old girls um, that premeditated and tried to kill another 12-year-old girl um, all in the name. They stabbed her, I believe it was 19 times. They stabbed her 19 times. And the girl lived, which is um, grace of God. I don't know what you want to say. They they gave a description of her wounds. Um, and one of them was if it had been a millimeter to the left or right she probably would have been dead she would have bled to death um another one was right by her heart i mean they were out to kill her that there's no you don't stab someone 19 times and without the trying to kill some so anyway the 12 year old girls who are being tried as adults and their their names and faces are plastered all over um uh morgan geyser and anissa weir uh they're being tried as adults so that's why you were able to see their faces and know their names. Uh, they decided to kill this girl over um, their belief in a character called Slender Man. Now, we've talked about Slender Man on this show. As, as a construct, it's a brilliant idea. Oh, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal story. It's a story. <laughs> fictional story that someone put together um it's kind of i think it's like an amalgam of a couple of things but anyway we've talked about slender man on the show because our buddy doug jones is actually uh the epitome of slender man if if ever doug was going to be a character it would be slender man and so anyway they read a website called creepypasta creepypasta is a wiki site that um it's a really neat site, actually. It's it's a, a place filled with short horror stories that you can read, and you can even pick random ones if you want, yeah. like a random creep, you know, random pasta. And it's a really cool it's a really cool site that has a bunch of Slenderman stories on it as well. Well, according to the girls, and I don't know if they're playing to try and get a, an insanity plea with this or what have you. Well, I can tell you that's harder than you would think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they decided to say that the reason they did this was because they believe in Slenderman and to win Slenderman's um, approval and to be able to join him wherever he is, that they had to kill someone. And they chose this girl with premeditation to the point that um, I believe Morgan could only have two friends over for her birthday. They, she got to pick two people to have for her birthday, and this was on her birthday um, or her birthday celebration. Um, and so they she picked 
Anissa, and then they pick the girl that they tried to kill so they could have her with them to kill her. Premeditation, 12 years old. So uh, after they left her to die, they walked, they were starting to walk, and I guess they had evidence on them, which means they probably had blood on them, and they still had the knife. They kept the knife, and they were walking, and they were walking because according to to this to their belief slender man lives in this mansion in the middle of of somewhere like wisconsin somewhere in the woods he lives in this mansion and they were going to walk and be join him and that's when the cops found him and brought them in and they admitted to all of it yeah they admitted to it readily so the reason we're talking about this on the show is due to the fact that as is the want of society today instead of trying to figure out the reason like there's obviously something is wrong with these two girls if you are willing to kill someone for a fictional character and and it trust me there's no doubt slender man is fictional it it, it creepy pasta makes no you know it's fiction they're not out telling you to go do this. These girls, somehow in their minds, if this, if this is just the truth, they really believe this, they have an issue. They're, there's a mental disturbance there. And as in our society, people don't want to recognize mental illness. I mean, we've seen this hundreds of times before, like in evidence with the, the uh, Sandy Hook shooting. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to admit this kid was mentally wrong. And they don't know what to do about it. So instead of looking into that and looking into what the parents were doing parenting-wise, like why didn't the parents realize something was wrong? Why didn't the teachers notice this or say something? People don't want to talk. People don't want to like call out anymore on something they think might feel wrong. Um, instead of that, instead of talking about that, people are immediately going, look the parents have skulls on their facebook page they like gothic music they like gothic movies his handle is dead boy 420 because he likes stone or rock it's that so they're immediately pointing fingers at the horror genre they're pointing fingers at horror fans they're pointing fingers at people how dare you let your kids watch a horror movie look my youngest is named after the little girl in the exorcist doesn't mean she's actually possessed by the devil <laughs> although you've met her so <laughs> amen <laughs> it, look the kids were 12 and they spent a lot of time planning this somebody had to notice something was up and they didn't say anything because we're conditioned to let we're conditioned to not question someone's mental health, not as a health issue, but as a defect. Mental health is just as important as heart health. You know? Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying is, you know, there's two problems here. One, no one wants to admit that that issue. And two, the, the fact that they're immediately jumping to this, and I've seen already, I've seen a ton of sites 
start already doing this and it's not fair because let me tell you I grew up watching horror films I haven't killed anybody yet have I thought about it have I wanted to really like knock somebody oh yeah Godzilla comes to mind that whole incident but (laughs) sorry I did not follow through on those impulses because I have that barrier that tells me no you don't do that no I know the difference between fiction and reality I know the difference between right and wrong there's something broken in these girls Mm -hmm. that that is not there so it you know instead of talking to that and admitting that there's something wrong with your child or admitting that there's something wrong it's not that they liked horror movies it's not that they liked skulls or rock music or what have you it's that they just didn't want to admit either they didn't notice it which I can't believe I, I, I as a parent I, I find it very difficult to believe that they didn't notice something was off yeah I don't think they would ever in a million years think that their kids would have done this. But you have to know something is wrong. And if there is something wrong, you know what? Don't be afraid to say, take your kid to a doctor or a shrink. That's what these people are there for. Because let me tell you, I bet that 12-year-old girl with the 19 stab wounds would have, her parents would have really appreciated you taking your kids to the doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead of pointing fingers at the fact that they like these things, that's not an excuse. That's not, that's, that has nothing to do with this. I, I, I look at their fascination with creepypasta, which is, which has some great stories. And I'm a sci-fi geek. I'm not a horror geek. But I can appreciate a good scary story. And creepypasta has some great ones. But you know what? It's the symptom. Their interest in in reading that much creepy pasta to the point where they created an entire fiction of their own, because that's what they did. Right. And, and you know what this really reminds me of is the stuff that happened in Beautiful Creatures. Mm-hmm. And exactly the same thing. They created their own world. And that guys that had nothing to do with horror they were into like old you know like freaking Orson Welles if <laughs> yeah I, I mean if if a girl or if anybody let's not be gendered if someone was to get so into fairy tales that they made their home a castle and they wore Renaissance garb at home all day long and worked work and bought into their fiction like that, no one would question it because it wasn't violent. But it doesn't still, that person... Is it still that healthy that they're that disconnected? Well, and it's also like the guy that went into the Batman theater and shot them up, he thought he was the Joker. Okay? That has nothing to do with horror movies. That's... It has nothing to do with Batman movies, aside yeah. from the fact that he thought he was a character. Yeah, he it would has... be, He would pick anybody. He would have picked a mobster. Right. He would have... It, 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 it has nothing to do... Aside from the fact that that's the one thing that their broken minds grabbed onto. Right. And, and that's what people don't want to realize is that it's, 
the look at the problem not try to find a, a scapegoat for it exactly exactly look at the problem and and deal with that in this country we've had too many instances of things like this going on mm-hmm. and it needs to stop we need to stop being afraid of horror movies and start being afraid of the fact that we have no idea what to do with mental illness in this country Exactly. And, and and giving access to guns to everybody is not going to help this. <laughs> no. I'm just going to add that little caveat in there too. It's going to make it worse. If Yeah. It's going to make No, it I agree. So, um I think we're about out of time, um but I mean there's really no way to we we don't have the answer to this, but I I want to just make it clear that the answer doesn't lie in pointing fingers at things that had you know it was going to be something else if it wasn't that it would be something else yes that they would have latched onto my little pony yeah for example i i get to go to pony pony land if i kill this person because the pony told me it would be something like that it 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 just happened to be this so yeah. that's all i have to say um, Kristen, I want to thank you for joining us. And thank you for you, having me. No worries. And um, do you have anything that you would like to add? Like, where can they find you online? Oh, gosh. Uh, you can find me online at uh, Urban Dow Herbals on Facebook. I am a tea maker by trade, and I make fandom teas. Yes, she does. She makes a Sherlock <laughs> Holmes one that, that Rachel is, like, addicted to, like, crack. <laughs> I know of this. And you should know that the Only Lover's Tea is in production. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Did I say that? Make that noise. I made that noise. Um, but I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this um, kind of kind of a downer ending, but still, I hopefully something good will come of it ending of our episode. And we will see you next week when our guests will be Mr. Gene St. Jean and his partner in his cryptozoology toy line yeah bigfoot (laughs) bigfoot all right guys thank you again for listening and we will see you later on fangirl radio